Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. Today I'm going to continue to uh, teach on uh, what we've been talking about, uh, you know, going higher. Uh, we've been talking about uh, breaking through, breaking out, breaking through, and breaking in. And, you know, with, with Jesus, He always wants you to go higher. Amen? He always wants us to go higher with Him. And so as I was meditating on these uh, things, I got a word from God on prosperity. Hallelujah. Yay. That it is God's plan to prosper all of us. Yeah. And God wants to bring us higher with more revelations that we don't have to stay at a low level. He wants us, he, you know, he wants to bring us up. He wants us to uh, go up and, uh, and go higher with him. We don't have to stay at a certain level. Whatever level you're, you're at, God wants you to go higher. That's why in, uh, it, it, it starts in Genesis. Even Genesis, in Genesis 1 verse 28, it tells us, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. And I gathered from uh, our resident rabbi, Pastor Edwin, that the word fruitful was translated to paratz, which means, which is defined to explode and to have breakthrough. Amen. So from the very beginning, God called you to be fruitful, to explode, and to have breakthroughs. That's God's plan for us. And He wants us to multiply, which means to greatly increase. Okay. God desires that we explode and have a breakthrough in life. He wants us to flourish and succeed in every area of your life. Hallelujah. You know, if you're not there yet, if you, I mean, we're, we're, really not, we're really not going to be totally, uh, no, uh, we're not going to be totally there, but we're going to go one step at a time, uh, a st- uh, step, step out in faith, and God wants us to be prosperous in every area of our life. That's why... Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says that our God, amen, He is is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Hallelujah. Amen. You've got, uh, God has given us power that works in us and we are called to have abundance. In John 10, 10, Jesus came to give us Life and life more abundantly. We are called to have abundance. In, in, in Psalm chapter 35, verse 27, look at this. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Who takes what? Pleasure. pleasure. Come on, church. Pleasure. Amen. Amen. He takes pleasure. He enjoys you know, he, he's having fun when you are prosperous. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. You know why? Because God wants us to be a, wants to bless us to be a blessing. And he wants to prosper us for a purpose. You got to understand, your prosperity has a purpose. Amen. It's not just for in and of itself. God wants to bless you, to bless others. And God wants to prosper you because he has a purpose, purpose, Allah purpose for your ble- for your for your he has a purpose for your prosperity we 
You know, God simply loves it when we prosper. In, in, in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, it says here, Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. Wow. Is a man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and, and, re and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight, hallelujah, his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord. Amen. We need to desire and delight in the Lord. And on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. And he shall be like a tree, firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season, and uh, its, its leaves shall not fade or wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Come on, say that loud. Prosper. You, you got to hear it for yourself. Well, I want you to, everyone here to declare it with their mouth. I want to prosper. <laughs> it's not a bad word to prosper. Some people have made it a, a bad thing, you know. Oh, the prosperity gospel, blah, blah, blah. You know what? God's plan and God's purpose is for you and I to prosper because we have kingdom work to do. Amen. God wants to uh, do things in the kingdom, and He can't do it without you and I prospering in every area of our life. That's why he has called us to prosper. He has he planned us to prosper. That's why in Joshua chapter one verse eight, he gives you he gives you a, basically the uh, the secret, the keys, uh, if it, the, the keys to what, what how it is to prosper. It says here, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That means you read the word and you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you will observe to do according to what is written. So you read, you study, and you do. And then, see the and then comes. And then you will make your way prosperous. Take note, you will make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. I mean, if that's a God who doesn't want us to prosper, then uh, you got to look at this word and say, wait a minute, how come God wants us to prosper? But before we prosper, we need to know the word, read the word, study the word, and do the word. Hallelujah. And so we are meant to prosper in every area of our life, not just materially or financially. You know, that, uh, that's, you know when we talk about prosperity, everybody thinks about money, everybody thinks about fi financial uh, blessings. But you know what? In, in 3 John chapter 1, 2, it says here, Beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in health, that you prosper in everything, in all things, and be in health just as your soul prospers. So we're going to focus on this today, on the prosperity of our soul. So I want to focus on that because God wants us to go higher with a prosperous soul. <laughs> God wants you to go higher on a prosperous soul because, because a flourishing soul that's submitted to God is, is going to go higher. A flourishing a, a, a soul that's abounding and, gener and generously overflowing will go higher. A soul, a prosperous soul that's coming to maturity is going to go higher. 
A soul, you know, and our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Where, where our will is influenced by the emotion and by the, by the, by the mind. Okay, so we, we have free will, and our will is the one who makes a decision. And it's based on who is stronger, our emotion or our mind. Because emotional people are dominated by their emotions, their feelings. You, you, you know, you know, I'm sure you know people who are emotional. And so, you know, you, 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 you know them. And so they, you know they're going to react emotionally. And so emotional people are dominated by their feelings, and analytical people are dominated by their logic or by their minds. And so when John was praying for a prosperous soul, he was praying for a unity or harmony of, between the emotion and the mind so that there will be stability. Amen? And, that, and we, call that, we call that a sound mind. You know, God gave us emotions, and emotions are good. You know, God, emotions are good. When you watch your Korean drama, you need your emotions. It heightens your emotions. Amen? But then when you need to study something, analytical, you got to think, you got to use your mind, yes? And so those are good. Uh, gave us a mind so we can analyze and, and think things. But again, he doesn't want us to be dominated by logic. He doesn't want us to be dominated by our emotions. And so he desires that we have a sound mind. In other words, he wants us to have peace of mind. He wants us to have a, a peace that goes beyond understanding. He wants us to have a peace that uh, the world cannot give and the world cannot take away. Amen? So a kind of peace that uh, really comes from God. And you know what? Jesus is our Prince of Peace. Philippians chapter 4, verse 78, in the Amplified, it says, Do not fret or, or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance... In every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God, and God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so, fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, church, in the middle of any storm, in the middle of any problem, in the middle of any trial or tribulation, God's peace will guard and garrison your heart and so that you will not. You will, you will be able to think properly. You will not panic. You will not, be, you will not have these anxiety attacks. Hallelujah. Because God wants you to be able to, God wants you to make a wise decision in a certain tragic situation, in a certain, uh, in a confusing situation. You know, you're being confused, you're being attacked, you're, 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 something tragic happens, you know, you, you're not, you don't go, you, you're not, you're not, you don't have panic attack. You don't go around running around like a headless chicken. You have wisdom because you have peace. You make the right choices at a certain time. That's why in Psalm 23, verse 3, it says, He restores my soul. And He leads me into paths of righteousness for His name's sake. You know, God wants our soul restored. It means, so that means it, it is, you know, if, if, it's, if He wants it restored, that means something happened to, uh, to break it up or to, or to put it in a disarray. But God wants our soul restored and prosperous so that He can do things in us 
and do things through us. Amen. God wants to do things in you first so that he can do things through us also. Because if you don't, if, if it's not, uh, I, I had a message on this. God wants to work from the inside out. He's working in us so that he can work through us. Amen. So let me tell you, a prosperous soul is a fertile ground for God's incorruptible seed. When, it, when, when, the, when the seed of the Lord comes into a prosperous soul, that means his, his heart is fertile and the seed will, be, will have root, will grow, and will mature. A prosperous soul becomes more receptive to the Holy Spirit. It's quick to listen and to obey. You know, I was sharing this morning that when we worship and we pray, you know, we lift up our hands. Of course, as a sign of surrender. We're telling the Lord, I surrender to you. Have your way. I'm submitted to you, Lord. You know, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. And that's good. But raising your hands is also like putting up your spiritual antennas. As you're worshiping the Lord, you know, you're ready to grab whatever the Holy Spirit wants to tell you. So it's like, you know, you, 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 if you're listening, you know, like I shared earlier, you know, the, the radio waves are all over the place. There's so many stations, they're all playing uh, something in the radio. But until and unless you open the radio and tune in to that station, you're not going to get anything. And so we need to tune in to God. We need to tune in to the Holy Spirit. And we can only do that, we have good reception if you have a prosperous soul. Hallelujah. And then a prosperous soul walks in love and not in offense. Because when your soul is prosperous, then you can understand. You, you, you kind of like give the person a benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe, maybe he's dealing with something. Maybe she's doing this. Maybe, maybe something's happening to her or him. And so you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt instead of just getting offended and getting into strife, getting into arguments. So we need to understand that a prosperous soul walks in love. A prosperous soul also will make wise decisions. You know, I, I call wisdom. Wisdom, I, I always tell people, wisdom is living life skillfully. That means you have skill in living your life. That's why we, we want to teach the young people. You want to teach the youth. Guys, you got to live with God's wisdom because without that, I know, because I, I went through my teenage years without God, and I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I made a lot of wrong choices. Praise the Lord, I'm still alive. Really? I mean, praise the Lord. But my point is, at, at, at a young age or whatever, what, no, no matter how old you are, once you start getting the wisdom of God, you can now start living your life skillfully. A skillful person hardly makes mistakes. And so if you're living your life skillfully, you'll make right choices, you'll make good decisions, hallelujah, and you're not going to waste your time with mistakes, trying to recover, or with regrets. You know, one of the hardest things to live with is regrets. And so you, you, need, you, wanna, you want to minimize regrets in life. And that's why we try to teach our young people, we try to teach our children, son, don't do that, don't... Son, don't do this, don't do that. I've been there, I've done that. I've been around the block several times. 
and it's not going to do you any good. So we know, we know that. You know, we, we teach our young people, we teach our children what not to do because we want to give them wisdom. Amen? Wisdom is very important. And that's why um, uh, King Solomon, what, what did he say? He wanted, he wanted wisdom. Amen? He said, give me wisdom and an understanding heart. That's a nice subject to talk about, an understanding heart, so that he can deal with people. You know, uh, as ministers, as pastors, and no matter what work you're doing, you'll always have to deal with people anyway. How do you deal with people? What is your, uh, what is your, what is your uh, how do you say it? How do you navigate through your interpersonal relationships? We need God's wisdom. Amen? And so let me, let me give you uh, three ways. You know, I have three ways. Maybe there might be more. But let me give you three ways to have a prosperous soul. Number one, make Jesus the shepherd of your, uh, make Jesus your shepherd on a daily basis. Okay? You know, uh, Psalm 23 tells us that Jesus is our shepherd and we shall not lack. We shall not want. So that's a perfect illustration, a perfect image of God's provision, God's love, God's mercy, God's protection. You know, we all love Psalm 23. And that's why we, 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 we look at that and say, wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you are my shepherd. And I choose, take note, I decide to make you my shepherd on a daily basis. You, you make Jesus your Lord and Savior once, but every day you choose to follow him. Every day you choose to pick up your cross and follow him. Come on, you're a live audience. You're not online. Say amen. <laughs> you know, you're, not, you're no longer on on-site mode. Uh, you're no longer online mode. You're on-site. You've got to be engaged, okay? Amen. Well, my point is, Jesus has to be our shepherd on a daily basis, okay? Uh, it's, it's a great illustration of God's grace over our life. John 10, 11 says this, I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. The good shepherd gives his life to the sheep. Hallelujah. What comfort and confidence we have in Jesus, who is our good shepherd. Because as you read that verse, if you continue to read that verse, Jesus says, I am not a hireling. A hireling is someone who will run away on the, on the, on the instance of, a, of danger. He's not going to protect his sheep. He's not going to die for his sheep. He's going to run away. I am not a hireling. I am a good shepherd. Hallelujah. And so that means listening to his voice and be ready to follow. Because the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. John 10 verse 27. John 10 verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Glory. So many voices in this world, they try to influence us, they try to tell us what to do, they try to, uh, you know, bring us to this side, they make us slide to the left and slide to the right. <laughs> you got the joke. And so when we're filled with anxiety, when you're filled with pressure, when you're filled with, with, with depression, when you're filled with uh, burdens, you know, we have, a, we, have a, we have a ministry called Moving On. 
And so we're, we're ministering to these people who have lost a loved one. You know, it, the, that's one of the most difficult things people experience, losing a loved one. You know, uh, and so they have, to, they have to go through that journey of grief. They got to go through that journey of, or that time of sorrow. And so they need people to help them. And so that's what the ministry is for. And so we're going to have one on Monday at 8 p.m. T- tomorrow, yeah, if you're interested. If you know somebody who, who has uh, someone, who, who, someone who lost someone, they can go into the moving on ministry. And so we're filled with anxiety. And, it's, and so what happens, it becomes difficult for us to hear the Holy Spirit, the still, small voice. And that's why Jesus wants to lead you into still, quiet waters. Yeah, come, come with me. I'm going to lead you where it's quiet. Then you can hear my voice. That's why Jesus leads us there because he knows the things we deal with. God knows what you're dealing with. God knows you have, maybe you have pressures in your office, in your business. God knows you're, you're dealing with your children. God knows uh, you've got, you're dealing with problems. And that's why he wants to bring you to still quiet waters so that you can hear his voice. And we, when we begin to have a deeper revelation of Jesus as our shepherd, we can now relax and rest in his presence. Hallelujah. You, you, if you want to be relaxed in his presence, then continuously, con- continuously desire or make Jesus your shepherd. Be assured and confident that he loves you so much. Amen? That he's willing to give his life for you. Remember, we are loved, we are valuable, and we are accepted in the beloved. Psalm 139 tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made that you are a marvelous work of God. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are His masterpiece, that we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus, and He has already prepared, prearranged good works for you to do, for you to step in. And so when Jesus is truly our shepherd, we have a prosperous soul. Number two, so make Jesus your shepherd on a daily basis, Number two, wait upon Jesus and he will renew your strength. You know, God wants you strong. God wants you strong because he has things for you to do. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, he says, He gives power to the faint, in the Amplified, and weary. He gives gives power, power to the faint and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and selected young men shall feebly stumble and feel exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles Mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or or become tired. Hallelujah. When we wait upon the Lord, He will take us up to higher places. (laughs) You will mount up with wings as eagles. He will take you up to higher places. Amen. When we wait upon the Lord and get into His presence where there's fullness of joy and at His right hand are pleasures forevermore, He gives us strength because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Those who wait, expect, look for, and hope in Him shall have renewed strength and power. You know, waiting is a watchful 
and ready attitude. Amen. Waiting is not just uh, doing nothing. Or, you know, waiting is not just... Uh, you're waiting with expectation. And, and while in the waiting, as, uh, as uh, Erican was mentioning, what are you doing while in the waiting? You're worshiping, you're glorifying, you're, you're, you're praising God because you know you're expecting great things to happen. You know, pressing into His presence is, a, is, a, is something that we need to do. Pressing in, amen? Pressing in, just like, uh, just like David in, uh, in Psalm 24, verse 7, he said, One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire into His temple. You need to realize, church, that the level of your desire is determined by your pursuit. Let me say that again. The level of your desire is determined by your pursuit. How badly do you want to be in God's presence? Because if you do, you're going to take time. If you do, you're going to prioritize. You're going to set aside time. How intimate do you want to be with Jesus? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to give up? You know, the, I, this reminds me of the story of the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10, verse 19 to 22. He wanted to be a disciple. He wanted to follow Jesus. And so he went up to him and said, you know, I want to follow you. And Jesus, this is what Jesus told him. Verse 19, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Wow. Verse 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. You know, Jesus said that young man lacked. He said, you, you, this, you said he, you lacked one thing. And then, so what we can see here is that it was obvious that he preferred his wealth over following and obeying Jesus. He wasn't in control of his wealth. His wealth was in control of him. And we, we, always, we used to say that all the time. Don't be in control of your money. Don't let your money control you. Because money can control people. So you need to control your money. Contrast this to the disciples who let down their nets to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. The young man was very proud of his achievements, but Jesus was more interested in relationships. Jesus was more interested in him, in, in, in him getting more intimate with Jesus. For this young man, he thought he really wanted a relationship with Jesus, but then realized how, how attached he was to his possessions. He was attached to his possessions, so he went sadly. He said, I can't do this, Lord. I can't give up my possessions to follow you. And so Jesus 
is more interested in relationships than he is with your possessions or achievements. Nothing wrong with possessions, nothing wrong with achievements. But you cannot come to God and show Him your possession and show Him your achievement and say, Okay, Lord, close the tayo. Ha? We're intimate already. No, no, no. Don't be deceived thinking your achievements will bring intimacy with Jesus. Don't be deceived. Because it's time spent with Him in His presence that will bring intimacy. That brings about relationship. When we have intimacy with Jesus, the achievements, the possessions will follow. You got you to gotta know your priority. That's why, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And you know, most people just look at those things as material things, money, possessions. But you, you know, those things can be anointing, it can be peace, it can be joy, it can be wisdom. It can be anything that you need. That's why he said, but, but, the, but the word says, put your priorities right. Yeah. Seek him first and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Talking to us about priorities. And so you know why? Because obedience comes more naturally as we grow with our intimacy with God. Because when you're, when you're close to someone, when you love someone and you know that they love you, they know they're after, you know, they're, they're after your best interest. You know, like your spouse. If you, when, you, when you love your spouse, you have a close relationship, what happens? You trust and then you obey. Dibahani, that's why I obey you all the time. Really? Diba, Pastor Josel, that's why you obey Pastor Mylene? Because you love one another. You trust one another. You have a relationship. And so when you have an intimacy, intimate relationship with God, it's easier to obey Him. You know, people say, it's so hard to obey God. Well, I'm not saying it's always easy. What I'm saying is it gets easier once you're closer to God, once you're more intimate to Him. It's closer because you know He's not there to hurt you. You know He's not there to rob from you or to take from you. You know He's not there to take advantage of you. He loves you, He cares for you, and He wants the best for you. That's why He tells you to do certain things because it's not only good for you, but it's also for the kingdom. That's why obedience comes more naturally as we grow in our intimacy with God. Intimacy causes us to be more Christ-like. Amen? Obeying God's principles and being a doer of the word. I hear that all the time. It's so hard to do the word. Well, that's, you know, I understand. There's some hard things to do in the, in the Bible. So there's hard things to do in the Bible. You know, number one, love your enemies. Number two, forgive. So, some of those things are really hard to do. And so you need to continuously grow in your relationship, in your, in your intimacy with God, so that you can, you can now begin to walk in his, according to His word. Amen? And so, Jesus knew the heart of this young leader. He revealed it to him by asking him to give up on his possessions. He knew his heart. He knew that he was, was going to have a hard time giving up his possessions. And so, he, he, he showed it to him. He showed his heart. And remember, the closer we get to Jesus, 
the more He reveals, not only does He reveal Himself to us, but He also reveals who we are. Amen? The more you get closer to Jesus, the more He will reveal who we are. And He shows the condition of our heart. And we can either choose to follow Him and obey Him or to walk away like the young man. That's why many people, their Christian lives, their Christian lives are, you know, not, not, uh, not fruitful, not being, not, not prosperous because they refuse to follow Jesus. They refuse to obey Him. And waiting on the Lord is a condition of the heart and a heart that's truly submitted to Jesus, submitted to Jesus and the, um, what do you call this, the, the uh, anointed or delegated people that God has, that God has put in your life. That's your pastors and leaders, your life group. And so you need to submit to God and submit to these people knowing that they're sent to you by God. What happens? Then you will have a prosperous soul. Amen. Number three, cast your cares upon Jesus and take his yoke upon you. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Jesus is always there to help you. He's always there to carry your burden. He's always there, available, and he's saying, Come on, give me your burden. Give me your cares. Don't keep holding it. You can't. Give it to me. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Amen. What's weighing you down? What's weighing you down? Give it up to Jesus because he loves you. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 31, in the Amplified, Jesus has an open invitation for us. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, not hard or sharp or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. Amen. This is an open invitation from Jesus to give us relief, to give us ease, to give us refreshment, recreation, and blessed quiet for our souls. He's telling us today, just come to me. It doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter what you said the other day. It doesn't matter what you were thinking the other day. Just come to me. I'll, I'll receive you. Amen. It doesn't matter what condition you're in. He just says, come. Come to me. Don't focus on yourself. Focus on Jesus. When we take his yoke upon us, you, we are not only refreshed and relieved, but you also learn of him. Amen. You take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus wants to take us for a walk. Yeah. You know how it is when you take someone for a walk, and then you start teaching him, yeah. you start showing him, yeah. you start giving him instructions, you know, and, 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 and he, 
you know, the person is either receiving it, you know. What, what is Jesus doing? He's showing his character to you. He's showing who he is to you. And in the process, he's also showing who you are. Because many, many of us sometimes can be deceived by what other people say. And that's why it's so important for us to know our identity. Jesus is constantly wanting to show you and I our identity in Him. Because when we start getting revelation of our identity in Him, we start knowing the authority that we carry because of Him. <laughs> you know, we say, when, when we talk about authority, people start wondering, you mean, you mean I have that? You mean I can do that? You know? Because if you don't know your identity, you don't know your love, you're accepted and beloved, you don't know that you, are, that you are redeemed, you don't know that you are righteous, that you are justified, amen? You don't know that you're a child of God. All these things are important for us to know. Then we know we can have, we can have the authority. Just the, just the mere fact that you know you're a child of God, that, G, that God is your Father, Heavenly Father. What, what, what does that do to you? You can now start praying with authority. Because I have been given the name of Jesus. It's above every name. So now I can start praying in Jesus' name. You know, we, 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 we take for granted that we are children of God. What comes with that? What comes with, with, the, with the authority that we have? Because we are children of the Most High. And so... Jesus wants to walk with us so He can show us these things so in the process He can reveal who you are. So many things Jesus wants to reveal to you. But we need to take the time to find out. And this is about the level of relationship that we have with Him which brings trust, which brings faith and confidence in a loving Savior. Because the, the more time you spend with Him, the more you will trust Him. Because He's good. Because He's faithful. The more time you spend with Him, you know that He's your healer. You know that you can depend on Him. You know that He's your provider. So when things come, you know, when, when finances get tough, you say, I have a Jehovah Jireh. So when, when you begin to know who He is, then your faith gets stronger and stronger. Your faith grows in who He is in your life. And then He begins to show you who you are. So now you can walk in that authority that He has given you. Hallelujah. So we can cast our cares and rest in Him so we can do the work that He has prepared for us. Amen? Because when we're unburdened, when we're relaxed, when we have peace of mind, we can start doing the things that He has called us to do. Waiting upon Jesus gives us a prosperous soul. And so as we make Jesus our shepherd on a daily basis, as we wait upon Him to give us strength, as we cast our cares upon Him, we begin to have a prosperous soul. Let me encourage you, church. Let's begin our days being with Him so that we can start doing things for Him. Being before doing. Being with Him before we do things for Him. Because, you know, we, we, many Christians are so eager to do things for God. And that's great. I love it. When you want to volunteer, you want to do this, you want to do that, you want to you do work in the church, you want to do 
you want to you want to do a bible study you want to do a life group you want to preach the word that's great that's wonderful but before that before doing the work stepping out doing the work you need to be with him being with him will do wonders for what you will start doing for him <laughs> as after all he has already prearranged he has already prepared and prearranged good works for you. But how will you find out? You have to find out from Him. You have to be with Him. You have to get into His presence. And God says, do this, do that. Go here, go there, say this, say that. So you're not doing a hundred things. You're doing five or six things. That is what God wants you to do. It is His plan and His purpose. It is, it is His perfect will for you. So you're not running around doing hundred things. You're just doing exactly what the Holy Spirit has instructed you to do. It could be two things. It could be five things. But you're not running around. And then you, and then you get burned out. Oh Lord, you know, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing that for you. I attend five services. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a volunteer in all the services. I sing in the platform, all services. I'm so tired. Well, that's why you have to come to him. <laughs> That's why he says, come to me. All of you are weary and heavily laid. You could be doing good things. I'm not saying you're doing bad things. You could be doing great things, good things. But you need to come to him, cast your cares, unburden yourself, and then know exactly what he wants you to do for him. And so when we've been with Jesus... We can begin to do the works that he has already prearranged for us, for his kingdom. So the kingdom is enhanced. Amen. And so, beloved, I pray <laughs> that you prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Come on, let me, let me hear an amen from this on-site crowd. From this excited on-site crowd. <laughs> Get out of your online thinking. Get into the on-site mindset. Be excited. Respond to the preacher. I'm helping you out, Pastor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that has been shared today. Thank you, Lord. People receive this with, with gladness and joy. It might be challenging. It might be difficult for some of us. But I thank you, Lord. They receive it with joy. They receive it with gladness. And I thank you, Holy Spirit. You're reassuring everybody here today, even those online in their homes. You're reassuring them that you are always with them, that you love them, that you care for them. And the things you're telling us is because we need it, it's because we, you love us and because we, you want us to move up higher. You want us to move up higher in the kingdom. So, Father, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And one of the things we also want to uh, encourage people as they want to go up higher, but the first step is receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so if you're here today on site and you've never received Jesus Lord your Savior, pray this with me. 
And if you're online, if you haven't received Jesus as Lord and Savior, pray this with me and type out on the chat that this is your first time and someone will minister to you and reach out to you. And for those of you that are here that, never, that, that are going to receive Jesus for the first time, uh, after, this, after my prayer, please proceed to the next step. Next step stable is on, it's on your, your, my right, your left. And, it, and, it will say, and, and you will meet people there and tell them, I just received Jesus for the first time. And they will get your info and they will help you out. We need to know because we want to process. We want you to, we want you to go through the process as a newborn believer. Amen? So Heavenly Father, pray this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you died for me, that you gave your life for me, that you shed your blood for me. And I thank you, Jesus, that today I can receive you as Lord and Savior. Today, you have forgiven me of all my sins. And I thank you, Lord, that you, you, your, 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 your love and your grace has allowed me to receive salvation. I am saved by grace. I receive it by faith. So, Father, I thank you. Today, I'm a child of God. I'm a born-again believer. And I love you. And I, and I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in my life in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen, amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.